But just as the wise men came bearing gifts to the newborn king, we should have that same heart. Do you see how they came in reverence, in honor? They came bearing gifts. And that's my message title to you guys this morning is Come Bearing Gifts. Can I ask, do y'all mind opening those back up? If you don't mind, it feels very dark in here. I feel like I'm in a movie cinema. And y'all just want me to be quiet so we can finish watching the movie because it's so good. And I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But we need to have that kind of heart of worship to the king of kings, to the priests of priests. I like how the wise men call them the priests of priests. And continually offer these gifts, come bearing gifts to our Savior and our King, the Lord Jesus Christ. So the first, there's going to be three main points I want to make with us tonight, today. Um, is how do we sort of break free from this mode that we've been trained to be in. And sort of have our minds re renewed and rewired to be more like a wise man. And I think they're called the wise men because they were so wise to do what they just did. The king of glory, the one who all of heaven is falling down to worship, was in front of them. And they traveled from a distant land to come welcome him with gifts. Just like we welcome the Lord this morning with our offering and our gifts of worship of our hearts. Amen. But it's sad, but... We live in a society, we live in a country, and it's not our fault, we were born here, but we're a wealthy nation in comparison to other nations, and we have a lot of amenities, we have a lot of services, we have a lot of things that we get to enjoy here on this earth. And they can be blessings, but then they can also be curses. We've been trained, and we've talked about this before, but we really have a consumer men mentality here in America. Everything is about the customer, making the customer happy, winning the customer over. We have businesses that want our money. We have politicians that want our vote. So TV and social media want our time. Schools want our children. Religions want our support. And yes, even some ch churches just want our attendance. And all of these organizations and all of these, they're rolling out the red carpet throwing all kinds of trinkets at us, throwing all kinds of sales at us, throwing all kinds of services at us, showering us, flattering us, just praising us, begging us, throwing whatever tactic that they can at us all the time. You're bombarded with it, even if you're not aware of it. Every time you open your phone, every time you drive down the highway, you're getting bombarded with advertisements, radio ads, TV ads, this... You're constantly being bombarded, told you are the king, and we're all here to serve you. But you're not really the king. They just want what you have, and they want to do whatever they can to take it. But we have this mentality like customers, shoppers. We live life like that. Like we get, just have this buffet of options in front of us wherever we want. And we have 18 different of whatever we want. And since we're in charge, we get to, you know, hmm, what do I want today? You know what I mean? What, what kind of service do I feel like I want? Is my cell provider giving me good enough service to keep me around? Or should I go shop and look for another one? What's in it for me? 
How's it making me feel? What am I really getting out of this? Is there a better fit for me? These kinds of thoughts and feelings are constantly swirling in our minds and in, in our hearts, really. And we, when we become so self-serving, everything is about pleasing, finding pleasure for ourselves. And we're trained to think like that in the society that we live in right now. Well, you want this? Well, how about that? Do you want that? Do you? How about this? Do you want, are you looking for this? Or, and they try to tap a felt need that you have and then tell you how they're going to satisfy that need that you have. So you'll come and you'll give them whatever it is that they want from you. So we're constantly looking for an upgrade, and it's very easy for us to become restless. And if we're not careful, we can end up treating God like this. We can end up treating that king that was laying in that manger. We can end up treating that lamb that all of heaven is falling at its, at its feet and worshiping. We can end up treating God like that, like he's just another service. He's just another option. We can treat the kingdom of God like that. His body, the church, like they're just many options. And who does it the best? And where, what's a good fit for me? And who can serve me the best? But what do we know that is, maybe we know it, but we don't always feel it. In fact, we feel the opposite. How about this? Giving is better than receiving. Acts 20, 35 says, In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. So the consumer mentality doesn't think about giving. It's just what's in it for me. What am I going to receive out of this? How about we don't have this attitude of what do I get, but how about not living to get, but living to give? And then you know what the truth is? Then you'll get. If you live to give, then you'll get. When you give, you will receive. But the receiving end isn't the primary focus. Luke 6, 38. Give, and it will be given to you. I mean, again, just pause. This is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking here. This is the one talking that all of heaven was bowing down and screaming praise to. This is the one that the wise men brought their gifts and laid them at his feet as a baby. This is the one who hung on that cross and died for your and I's sin. And he says, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So you give, and you will receive. You sow, you will reap. But the reaping and the receiving isn't the focus. It's not the primary. It's the byproduct of doing what God himself did. Jesus led by example. Matthew 20, 26 through 28. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must first be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, 
but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. The one who of anyone could just sit back and receive and not give anything. But he led us by example and came just to serve, just to give. So when we gather here, like we are this morning, what should be our focus? There's, there's, two, there's two focuses that I want to touch on. The first one is we can come in with a consumer mentality. We can come in with that very self-centered approach of what's in it for me. Why should I go to the Tabernacle Church on a Sunday morning and roll out of bed and hurry up and fix my hair like I did this morning very patiently? <laughs> As you can tell. Actually, the beard is taking a little more time. <laughs> when it gets longer, it takes more time. And I'm trying to figure it out. But I was talking about my real hair. My real glory. What did you say? What do you mean I ain't got no hair? Matt, don't make me tackle you in front of all these people. I will. So <laughs> we got a good group, man. Good, like, next generation of souls in this house that we're so excited about. Um, but that what's in it for me focus will cause you to come in and, and just you maybe looking for an entertainment. Maybe you're bored. You don't have anything better to do. Or you just want to feel better about yourself, or you just want to be encouraged, or you just want support, or you just want to be fed. Receive, receive, receive. What is in it for me? That's all me focused. And I'm not saying that you won't receive any of those things. In fact, you will. You're going to be encouraged. You will be fed. You will be uh, uh, feeling better, and you'll be entertained. You'll be happy that you came. But it's like going to somebody's wedding or birthday party. Do you go there just to have a good time? Or do you come bearing gifts? Because it's for them. Now you're going to have a great time. I don't know how many weddings y'all have been to and had a horrible time. But every wedding I've been to, I think, I've had a great time. Birthday parties, that's what they're for. We have a lot of fun together. So God is going to ensure that you get everything that you need to grow. He makes you grow. But he uses people to serve, to feed, to plant seeds, and to water. But they're not the ones making us grow. They're just playing their part. They're using their gift. They're allowing God to move through their life the best they can. But God is the one who makes you grow. You know, sometimes we hear things like, well, I'm just not getting fed. Well, but why? If God is the one who's going to make sure that you get fed... If you're hungry, he's going to feed you. The people are just people. We're just instruments that God is using to, to plant and to water. 1 Corinthians 3, 7 says, It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. So that's that what's in it for me mentality when we gather together. The other way of thinking is what can I bring? I love that. Honestly, anytime we have a gathering or something like that, and a lot of people do it, and I think it's so wonderful, their first response is, great, what can I bring? You know, what? It's like, wow, that's pretty cool that you want to kind of bring and add value to this thing. And most of the time, it's, no, we got everything covered. You know what I mean? And just so everybody feels comfortable, we're not looking for that. We don't expect that. But it's just a nice gesture when they have this way of thinking like, 
I want to come bring something. I want to come add value to what's going on. And I'm really focusing on our time here together. We're, we're sitting here together in this room, and we should have a mentality that's not like, well, what's in it for me? But what can I bring? Amen? This is God's house. This is his party. This is his birthday party, his wedding. He set this whole thing up. It's for him. And we get to come celebrate with him. What can I bring? Isn't that a better attitude than what's in it for me? Or I just don't feel this. Or I just don't feel that when I go to church. How about experiencing the presence of God? What does God say in his word? He says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. That's what we felt just now in during worship. That's what you are experiencing. God's presence because we were drawing near to God. We were bringing up our offerings of worship, our offerings of love to the Lord, and we were blessed back with his presence. Romans 1, 10 through 12. This scripture here is what opened up this whole message for me to share with you guys. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the Romans. One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. There was a purpose behind getting together. And Paul was coming bearing gifts. He was come bearing his offering, bringing his offering. He wasn't coming empty-handed. And he was looking forward to what they were going to have to offer back to him. There was going to be this great exchange taking place. So when we talk about um, come expecting, you know, when we gather together, come expecting. Expect, you know, the Lord to speak to you, to, to experience his presence and things like that. How about we expect to, re to reap what we sow? How about we expect that, Lord, I'm going to bring my best this Sunday morning. I'm going to offer unto you all of my heart. And in return, I expect to experience your presence. I'm going to offer somebody my love. And in return, I'm going to expect to be encouraged by them, by their love. I'm going to bring something and I'm going to expect to receive back. Because that's what your word says. Instead of just coming expecting to receive. You kind of, you see how that works? I think we're kind of used to hearing that, like come expecting to receive. But we skip over the giving part. There's no contribution. It's just, hey, just sit back, relax. We got these chairs nice and cozy. You need a footrest, I'll get you a footrest. You want a cup of coffee, a little cookie, you know. We're going to pamper you. You're going to want to come back. It's going to be amazing. Nobody wants to hear, hey, come, come. And you know what? Bring what you got when you come. Because we're all bringing what we got. It's going to be awesome. What do you mean bring what I got? Y'all supposed to be serving me. I'm a consumer. Right? No. That's not how it is to be in the kingdom of God. We individual, individually have a great responsibility to impart the spiritual gift that we have to offer as an offering, as unto the Lord. Which brings me to my second point. That first point was better to give than to receive. 
just to help you all follow along. So we want to break free of that consumer mentality and that self-centered mentality of when we come into his house, when we seek first the kingdom of God, that it's not just about me and what I get out of it. You're going to get a lot out of it. But it's about bringing that offering like the wise men did, bringing that gift, come bearing gifts. The second point is that bring what you have to give. Bring what you already have to give. Don't worry about what you don't have. Don't feel like, well, I don't have anything. to. I don't have what so-and-so has to give, so I'm just not coming. I don't compare, so I'm just not going to come. Hebrews 13, 16 says, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. What did that poor widow have when she brought in her offering to the temple? Two coins. While she's giving in the same giving line as these rich people who are dumping in heaps of wealth, tithing the tiniest little bit of their herb gardens, not missing one penny of 10% or whatever it is. And this, two, this little widow comes up with two little copper coins. This is all I have. And you know what Jesus said? She gave more than all the rest of them. He sees. He, he sees where you are. He knows the sacrifice that you made to give those two copper coins. And he recognizes it as being more than everybody else. And the Bible says that for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. He knows when you come to share uh, your time that you, you don't have much time to give. He knows that when you put your money in the offering, you don't have much money to give. He knows when you come and you push through, like Rachel did this morning, battling to get the kids ready and out the door, and that she didn't get a lot of sleep last night because she's taking care of the baby. She's doing things like that. Our three-year-old pees in his bed in the middle of the night, so he's coming in screaming, my covers are wet, you know. God sees all of that, and he's pleased by it. He's pleased when we come bearing our gifts And he knows that those wise men traveled many, many miles to bring those three gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And he was pleased with that. Even day one Christians have something to offer. You have your testimony. You have God's work being displayed in your life. Just so everybody knows, we had our encounter retreat. Y'all saw everybody up here testifying. Matt's keeping me up to date how many days he's cigarette-free. Y'all, amen? amen? And I ask him because I want to know because it encourages me. It brings me life. I'm like, yes! Thank you, Jesus. I love watching God work in people's lives. I love it. I love seeing new people get to know each other, get connected with each other. I love seeing people go against what is unnatural to them maybe it's reaching out and and meeting somebody maybe that's hard because they're an introvert or whatever it may be I love seeing God's work in other people's lives and you know what talking about uh, your testimony you know what you might as a new believer have the very best to offer because what does the Bible say all of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents one 
So if you, as a day one Christian, got all of heaven rejoicing, you have a lot to offer to us when you show up. So you bring that offering. You come bearing that gift. I'll take it all day, every day. It's one of my favorite things to experience as a new believer coming into the kingdom of God. God uses Moses' staff. God's like, Moses, what you got? A staff. That's all Moses had. And he led all of Israel out of Egyptian captivity. So God doesn't need some big gift that you have or a bunch of money that you have. God doesn't need all that. God doesn't care about that. We always hear that saying, God qualifies the called. He doesn't call the qualified. God's not like, man, this Covington area is just barren. There's no gifted people. There's no talented people. There's no bold people, strong people, rich people. I just can't use anybody here. They're useless. I'm going to have to reach over into Mandeville and get some of Mandeville's folks over here to make this church thing work. I can't build a church with this. you got to give me more than this. I don't think so. God said, I'm going to deliver the entire nation of Israel from Egyptian bondage for 450 years. That's a long time. They were entrenched in slavery. And he's going to grab one man in the wilderness with a stick in his hand, and he's going to go set him free. I think he can use what you got. He just needs a willing vessel. He just needs a person who will say yes to him. How about your time, your treasure, your talent? Everybody has these three things to varying degrees and different. And they all, every one of us has a capacity to grow that. Whatever time you have, you have a capacity to grow it. Treasure, talent, you have a capacity to grow it. God can grow it in you. But he needs to start with something. So we bring him what we have. Spiritual gifts. Bring your spiritual gifts. Bring those blessings. They're not for you. They're for me. From you. They're for the person sitting next to you. If God's given you the gift of leadership, it's not so you can be called a great leader. It's to go lead well the people that God wants you to lead and influence. Some other examples of spiritual gifts is administration, teaching, knowledge, wisdom, prophecy, discernment, encouragement, shepherding, great faith, evangelism, apostleship, serving slash helps, mercy, financial giving, and hospitality. These are all, and this probably doesn't even compare to what God can do and birth in your life and use for his glory. That's just a, a short list of spiritual gifts that the Bible tells us about. And you know what else is a spiritual gift that maybe we don't consider a spiritual gift very often is your story, is your life, your testimony. Thank you, Mike. Treasures like revelation, experiences with God, being an inspiration, your life being an inspiration to others, your character, your wisdom, your understanding, your brokenness that allows God to move through your life, your humility, your endurance, your experience, and lessons learned. 
These are all things that in large part are developed in the fire. Some of you have been through the fire. You've been through the fire of health issues. You've been through the fire of marital issues, divorce. You've been through the fire of losing loved ones. You've been through the fire of seeing your children like the prodigal son, like Pastor Carl preached about last week, walking out, taking everything, never seeing them. You, you, you've felt, the, you've, you've been through the fire. And, and every single person in here has an example of fire that you've been through. I went scuba diving years ago, spearfishing, which is one of the most fun experiences of my entire life. If y'all have never tried it, I know we got some bow fishermen in here. Bow fishing's awesome, but spearfishing is like a whole other level. You go down under an oil rig in the Gulf of Mexico and a whole new world opens up like you're on another planet. And it's big, it's huge, like as far as you can see in every direction, down, that's not a direction you used to being able to see unless you're up on top of a skyscraper or something, you can look down. Most of the times you can't look down. In the ocean, you can look down as far as you can see until it disappears. And there's fish everywhere. And I remember being down there, and I went pretty deep. Maybe I was about 100 feet deep. And I remember being down there. You couldn't see land anywhere. So laterally, longitudinally, if, that's, if I'm saying it right, it's like I was separated from mankind. Like nobody would have even known I existed out there in the middle of nowhere. If I'd have died, except for the people on the boat, nobody would have knew. But I didn't just go out of sight laterally. I went into the depths, 100 feet down. And I remember feeling weirdly like I am somewhere I don't belong. Like, I don't think I was ever meant to be down here. I was amazed at this world of fish and all of these details. And it struck me that God knows about all of this. He's been seeing all of this going on before I ever got here. All of this is going on every day while we're over here on land doing other things. It just amazed me. It was like a different planet. But I remember, I remember thinking like, and you know what's amazing about that? Is there's no depth that I can go that you don't go with me. Well, distance I can travel that you're not with me. And that really hit home for me. It was such a revelation for me. And the reason I'm sharing that is that some of you have been through fire in your life where you felt like that. You felt completely cut off from humanity. Nobody knows you're out there. You were so deep. Nobody could experience. Nobody could relate to what you have been through. And you might feel like that. But then what happened while I was down there I came back up to the surface. I got on the boat and I came back to land. And I didn't come back empty-handed. I came back with a story to tell. I came back with treasure of revelation to share with you this morning. And the depths that you've been, you're collecting treasure, huh, Keith? Didn't we talk about this? Keith's been through so much fire, y'all, with his body. 
it would blow your minds. We can't even fathom that a human body can endure all of that. And be sitting on he, in that seat right now on a Sunday morning. And be helping on last, when we had the encounter retreat. He came to serve all Saturday just to be a support, a prayer warrior, just to support these people going on the encounter. Isn't that awesome that he did that for you? He did that for you, Justin. All the hell that his body's been through, he did it. And it's going, still going through. And he has treasure. Not one of those tears, not one of those sicknesses is going to waste. There's treasure that when he's way down there, most of us will never, ever go down there. He can come up back to the surface with all this treasure saying, God was down there too. He was down there. I was there. He was there, y'all. How awesome is that? That's some, also some kind of gifts, some kinds of treasure that you can bring into the house of the Lord and impart to each person here. As we start to round this out, I can't. I don't have time to read this passage, but that's okay. I'll summarize the parable of the talents. Most of y'all know this story, but Jesus talked about a owner, king, who was going out on a far trip, and he gave talents. One man he gave ten, one man he gave five, one man he gave one, and, and he left. And they were to be a good steward of what he had given them. And when the king returned, the one he gave ten to doubled it and had twenty, like here. I busted my butt. I used what you gave me. I didn't want to just, I didn't want you to come back and just have nothing like, you know, even a bank would give you interest. I, so I worked hard and here's 20. You gave me 10, I gave you back 20. The next guy with the five, same thing. He was given five, he came back with 10. The king was so pleased. But the one he gave one to, what did he do with it? He, he buried it. He buried it. He didn't think about it, didn't touch it, like it never happened. The king comes back, and he's got dirt on his talent he's dusting off, like, here you go. The king's like, what is this? You could have at least put it in the bank, and I could have collected interest on it, but you didn't care. It was meaningless to you. It was worthless to you. I was worthless to you. And that wicked servant got cast into outer darkness. But... My point in sharing that is to make this third point. That second point was give what you have. And you have a lot to give. The third point is as the members grow, the whole body grows. As the members are out there with their talents of what God has given you to sow, what God has given you to offer, what God has given you to give, you're going to reap. You're going to receive. You're going to gain from all of that effort, all of that sowing. That woman who gave those two copper coins, she was getting all of that back and a whole lot more. Now, our hopes is that every person in this place, every person who calls the Tabernacle Church their home, is that you would be one of the servants that doubled God's investment on your life. 
that you would have more than you started with. Amen? We want to see every person in this place grow because we love you. But listen, as you grow, we all grow. As you give, we all get richer. We want everybody in here to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. But the most important thing is it's your heart. I do need to make this point. God is not a taskmaster. He's not like, get out there, slave, and get to work. And you better double what I gave you or else. Come on, y'all. That's not God. But what God does want is our heart. And if he has a heart, we're going to bring him back double. If he has your heart, he's got everything. So the warning really is, where's your heart? Is your faith genuine? And how is your life showing that? And if it's not showing anything then beware because your heart may not be in the right place. Your faith may not be as genuine as you think it is. Because when we receive God's agape love, that self-sacrificial love that was a choice, not a feeling, it was a choice that God made that he wanted the best for every person in this room. When you receive that and that love fills your heart, you can't contain that. That agape love flows out. That agape love self-sacrifices now to others. You bring that treasure now that you received to others. That's, that's just normal faith. That's just normal loving God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. That's not some extra talented thing that only a few people ever accomplish. That's just normal byproduct Christian living. Where it gets tricky is we can put on a front and we can have a religious exterior that looks like a Christian, looks like they make it to everything, they read it by the way, but their lifestyle is not really showing this pouring out, this giving, this offering that was offered to them. But when you use your gifting, when you use what you have, it multiplies, it grows. When you sow, you reap. When you give, you receive. So when you use that little bit of faith that you have, when you use that love, when you use that service, when you use that gifting of hospitality or you use that leadership gifting to grab the guy next to you, when you, you, when you start offering, when you start giving, you start growing. You start growing individually. In 2 Timothy 1.6, Paul told Timothy, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. He wants us to fan those gifts that God has given us and fan those things into flames. Fan it. Fan it into flames. Don't sit dormant. Don't be self-centered and consumer. Don't get trapped. Don't get sideswiped with that whole demonic scheme to, to squash you, to put your fire out, to kill those those embers to prevent the person next to you from being blessed. That's what the devil wants. He wants us separated and not transaction, transactioning, if that's a word. He doesn't want any transactions happening between any believers anywhere on the earth. I need to divide and conquer. I need to divide them and then put their fire out. Divide them, put their fire out. Put it. Because when they get together, they're a big problem. Now they're all giving each other gifts and bringing riches into the storehouse and blessing each other and strengthening each other and building each other up and growing. 
These people are growing. They're like weeds. I can't put them out. And it always happens when they get together. I got to divide them. I got to separate them. Whatever I got to do. I'll tell them they ain't got nothing to offer. So when Pastor Lee tells us about bringing something, they're going to say, well, that counts me out. I won't be back. I don't have anything to offer. False, wrong. I didn't say that. Bring what you have, and you have something. Ask God to show you what you have. And I'll tell you this. It could be a smile. Your smiling face is a blessing to the family of God. I mean, ask anybody who has one loved one. One loved one. Isn't it a blessing to you when you see their smiling face in your presence? We're going to have some family gatherings. Pastor David, who sadly is out sick from us today, hopefully we'll be able to spend some time with Labor Day and whatnot. Man, it's such a blessing when we get to come together and we cut up and we smile. and we, I mean, it's so wonderful. And, and I was telling my dad this. I, I feel like so much of that life-giving culture and fun and goofiness just flows out of him. And I was telling him, man, you need to just slap everybody with that in the church. They need to all experience this amazing gift that he has to offer and have fun. I mean, I'm telling you all, just seeing each other is a blessing. Just seeing Joey's face is a blessing. It is. And I got a smile. That's even better. I'm telling y'all, everybody here has something to offer. And when the whole, all the parts are healthy and growing, guess what? The whole body is healthy and growing. And when you use your gifting and your capacity starts to begin to grow, now you become more effective in what God's gifted you to do. Now the body that you're a part of becomes more effective in doing what God's called us to do. This church that we're a part of, this ecclesia, as the Bible says, Remember, I, I mentioned this a few weeks back, but ecclesia, the, the word and definition is plural, but the word itself is singular and feminine. I thought that was so cool when I, when I found that. The bride of Christ, that's feminine, and we're one body, that's singular, but with many parts, it's plural. We are one body, and we, as a church, as this body, we want to bring back 20 talents too. God's given us 100. We want to bring back more. We want to say, God, we were, so, we were waiting for you to come. We were so excited for you to come. And here's our offering. Here's our gifts. Here's our praise. Here's our worship. Here's the souls that we went out into the community and got. Here's the disciples that we made. Here's the people that we blessed. Here's the, pe the sick people that got healed. Here's the people that got demons cast out of them. Here's it all, Lord. It's all for you. We weren't sitting idly by with our arms folded just like sipping an iced tea and just waiting on heaven to come one day and let me just get rich and live my best life today and then wait for heaven to come and be like, here I am, Lord. Well, where's the, where's the ten talents I gave you? Well, I mean, I don't know what you're talking about, but here I am, Lord. You love me. I'm cutting up a little bit, but I think y'all get the point. We receive God's love. He offered himself to us. He came to serve, and that's what we should be doing. We need to come bearing gifts. We need to come like those wise men. Man. The king of kings, the priests of all priests. The, oh my gosh, heaven is bowing down at your feet.
oh, Lord, what can I offer you? What can I bring you this morning? I'm, I'm half a person this morning. I didn't get any sleep last night, but I can get one arm up, Lord. You're so worthy of it. Take, take my heart. Take my one arm. Take, take what I got. Amen.